Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. When asked to name some of the Bay Area's signature foods, many might name Mission Burritos, Delicate Organic Fair, It's It, Ice Cream Sandwiches, or especially for tourists visiting San Francisco Pierce, Clam Chowder. But KQED food editor Luke Tsai is adding another food to that list, garlic noodles. Here in the Bay Area, Asian Americans love garlic noodles, Black and Latino folks love garlic noodles. Indeed, once you start looking for garlic noodles, it seems, you find them everywhere, he writes. And he's here with us today to talk about all this. Welcome back to Forum, Luke Tsai. Thank you, Alexis. Glad to be here. So what is it about garlic noodles? How are they typically made and how do people typically eat them? Uh, so the first time I had garlic noodles was probably a couple of years after I moved uh, to the Bay Area um, at this spot called uh, PPQ Dungeness Island, which a lot of our listeners probably know is one of um, two or three sort of really iconic Vietnamese crab spots that we have in San Francisco, along with um, Tan Long out in the Outer Sunset, which is widely credited for inventing the dish. Um and so these restaurants are known for serving uh, Vietnamese style roast crab, you know, which is already this sort of very decadent butter soaked dish. And you typically will eat the crabs with these garlic noodles, which are just these incredible butter slicked noodles um, where the butter is infused with just like tons of fresh garlic. And the whole thing gets tossed in a sauce that often includes um, oyster sauce, um, Maggie seasoning, which is basically, mm-hmm. you know, MSG, MSG. <laughs> in, in the liquid form, um, and Parmesan cheese. And the combination of those two things, the crab and the noodles, is just kind of hands down one of the most delicious things that that you can eat. So I guess you could say that's sort of the original way of eating garlic noodles. Um, but like I discussed in my story, it's really a dish that's been embraced as this comfort food um, by so many different communities in the Bay Area. And before we get into that, we want to hear from people out in in the community. Do garlic noodles hold a special place in your family or household? Tell us about garlic noodle traditions and what you love about them or your favorite place to order them. Give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email your questions about garlic noodles and your traditions to forum at kqed.org. Luke Tsai, food editor for KQED, one of the things that um, is so interesting about your story is the way that this food, which was sort of born 
in San Francisco's Vietnamese restaurants becomes this sort of pan Bay Area community um, specialty. Do you do you know exactly how that happened? Are you able to trace that history? Yeah, well, you know, the story really goes into this. Um, but but you're right. It's it's like you know, the impulse for, for this story was just me noticing over the years, like how many different types of restaurants and food trucks and pop-ups were serving garlic noodles. Um, you know, one of my favorite gar- garlic noodle experiences was, you know, this Burmese barbecue spot in downtown Oakland called Burma Bear, where, you know, their whole deal was you would serve American style barbecue with Burmese side dishes and, and you could get like a plate of brisket um, on top of what were basically this sort of Vietnamese fusion style um, garlic noodles. Um, one of my coworkers at um, KQD, uh, Pindar Visha, Harsha, told me that uh, some of the best garlic noodles he's ever had were like from a taco truck that was parked outside of a cannabis club, which is just like the most uh, Bay Area thing ever. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, like, I think the thing that was most striking was I started to the past couple of years, I started to see how like all of the sort of hot new soul food spots, you know, like the pop ups and food trucks. Um, like all seem to have these garlic noodles on the menu. And it just got me wondering, like, when did this dish cross over and turn into a soul food thing? And so in reporting the story, lo and behold, I talked to all these, um, you know, African-American soul food chefs who were in their 30s and 40s. And like all of them just would talk about how when they were kids or when they were like teenagers, they would eat garlic noodles and crab at Tan Long back in the day, <laughs> you know, and it was like within their community, um, that was like the hot restaurant to go to like back in the eighties and nineties. Um, and so you're right. I think like that to me is one of the most interesting and kind of most beautiful things about this um, story as kind of like a Bay area story, just that sort of crossover and the way that this dish sort of traveled um to different communities. Yeah. And we actually want to bring in a uh, restaurateur, Tiffany Carter. She's the founder and chef of Bouge Cali, a West Coast Creole shack in San Francisco. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Hey, hey everyone. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on. What what have garlic noodles uh, meant to you? Um, A lot, actually. Um, It's like... You know, my mom used to go to um, to, to Thang Long when I was probably like in middle school. And I just remember back then, like being a kid and, and me and my sister, we didn't want garlic noodles. It's like we wanted McDonald's. But <laughs> that changed. That changed very, very quickly. And it um, like it's hard to imagine that we have a cookout or or anything that that doesn't involve garlic noodles. So you'll see that crossover fusion now. Um a lot different from from our grandparents who grew up in the South. You'll see now you'll like we'll literally have candy yams and garlic noodles. Like that's how much <laughs> it, it has crossed over. <laughs> um, so how do you how do you make your garlic noodles? What uh, give give us some of the secrets? Oh, I don't like giving secrets, and I think <laughs> I got that from from Anne. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I try to stick um, very traditional to. Um, to the thing long garlic noodles um, that I grew up eating. So um, definitely a lot of um, garlic and butter and Parmesan cheese, Maggie seasonings, and just, um, of course, the oyster sauce. 
and um, mine has definitely evolved over the years than than um, how I originally started making them. But definitely a lot of butter. <laughs> <laughs> what's wait? What's changed? What's changed about it uh, through time? Well, when I first started making them, I would use um, oil instead of butter. Mm. But um, just being a, a uh, a French trained chef, um, butter just makes everything better. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and how about people who, uh, co- people ordering, do you notice like all kinds of people ordering or is there, you know, some particular group that seems to, to like garlic noodles more than everybody else? No, it's such a Bay area thing. Like people in the Bay area are obsessed with garlic noodles. Like they're like, do you have a garlic noodles? Do you have a garlic noodles? Like they don't want nothing else but garlic noodles so it's like it's crazy like it's crazy like it's definitely like the most requested um item for me almost it's like they want garlic noodles and gumbo so that that basically describes um black california (laughs) (laughs) And, and how about you listeners do garlic noodles hold a special place in your family or household like they do for tiffany carter give us a call tell us about that uh 866-733-6786 that's 866-733-6786 or maybe there's another food you consider a quintessential bay area cuisine but that like garlic noodles hasn't gotten that proper recognition and fame but still represents a kind of unique blending of cultures in the bay again that number is 866-733-6786 or you can get in touch on twitter and facebook we're at KQED Forum. Tiffany Carter, uh, founder and chef of Bouge Cali, West Coast Creole Shack in San Francisco. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. This is like such an honor to talk about garlic noodles. I could probably do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, looks like, can we get a quick history on the creation of these noodles by the Then Long on family? Yeah, uh, a- absolutely. Um, so I think. Um, you know, as I understood it from reporting this story, um, you know, the, the origins was a, a Vietnamese woman named, uh, Diana An, who was traveling through San Francisco, um, around, you know, 1970, uh, she came across this little Italian deli, um, you know, out in the foggy outer sunset and, um, just decided to buy it on a whim. And so of course, Uh, The Vietnam War was happening at that time. And so she wound up just staying in San Francisco and running that restaurant and eventually turned it into Tan Long. Um, And then when the rest of her family arrived in the U.S. as refugees um, in 1975, after the fall of Saigon, um, her daughter, uh, Halidan, took over the kitchen and... um, According to a family member that that I spoke to, Helene was the one who came up with the garlic noodle recipe. And um, according to her daughter, Monique, who still runs uh, Tan Long uh, in the city, um, she came up with the recipe just based on seeing how much her customers, her American customers loved um, rich, creamy pasta dishes um, (laughs) made with, you know, lots of cream and butter. And so she basically decided to do her own version, like kind of adapting Italian American pasta to fit um, her own Vietnamese palate. So, you know, adding the garlic and the oyster sauce and the Maggie. 
Um, though I should say, you know, no one knows for sure exactly what's in the timeline. I, version I love this detail. <laughs> the, the family is notoriously, you know, super protective of the recipe, um, even down to like to this day, um, they'll only prepare it in a secret kitchen um, that's inside of their main kitchen so that only um, family members are the ones who know exactly what goes into that dish. But so this, this was, you know, as, as, as I was told around the late 70s. Um, that she created the dish and it pretty much um, became an instant hit right along with their roast crab. Um, And um, then I think in the nineties, it really took off. Um, There was a a San Jose Mercury news review of one of their restaurants that had the headline um, garlic noodles worth marrying for. And it was just this, (laughs) which is uh, a little weird, but (laughs) it is a a little bit of a strange uh, hook for, uh, for a review. Um, But uh, yeah, pretty much ever since then, it's, it's just been one of these classic dishes. And so now um, certainly within the Vietnamese restaurant community, you know, there'd be so many Vietnamese uh, restaurants that will have a version of garlic noodles. And then it just kind of spread from there, you know, both within like sort of the Asian American community, but also um, as we talked about, you know, far beyond beyond that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I also just love that there's a literal inner sanctum, you know, where like the alchemy occurred. (laughs) It's just so good. Um, I want to bring in uh, Carolina from Catalina from Marin. Hi there. Hey, welcome. Hi, thanks for taking the call. I just, I'm going to share my family recipe and I hope my family doesn't um, get upset with me, but we have garlic noodles. I'm Filipino and we um, have garlic noodles at the beginning of the year, um, part of our Christmas slash New Year celebration. And we take the, to make it even extra rich, we take the insides, you know, the fat of the crab from the shell uh-huh. and mix it in the noodles and also include uh, sesame oil um, to our garlic noodles. It makes it extra yummy. So I just wanted to share with you my family recipe. And do you remember, uh, Catalina, like when that started? Like who got the tradition going? Uh, my father got it started. It definitely was here. You know, we didn't have Dungeness crab in the Philippines. So we started it, um, hmm, yeah, probably within the last 10 years. But it's our go-to staple, and it's what everyone waits for on New Year's Day. Oh, that is a great. That's great. Thank you so much for that story. Let's um go to uh, Chris in Nevada. Hi. Hey, Chris. How are you today? We're doing well. What's your uh, garlic noodle story? Well, it's uh, it's very similar to the previous caller. Um, I harvest my own crab, so it makes it a little more special to go out and trap trap uh, traps and bring them home and uh, cook your own live crab in Old Bay and uh, lemon butter and sea salt and um, olive oil and something I've done with my kids and uh, just a real good, you know. Um, you know, end of the beginning of the year, end of the year when the when the crab season starts is to cook up a, a good batch of uh, linguine with uh, garlic butter, olive oil, a little parsley, and glass of chardonnay, and a good garden salad, and uh, pick over 
pick over your fresh cooked crab and um, have that with a little bit of, bit of garlic butter on the side as dredging. And uh, that I I heard your show. And it's like wow, I got to call in. And say <laughs> did really you uh, did you model your recipe on any particular place, or was this something that uh, just just came up with in your own family? Just came up, you know. I had the good fortune of having a French mom, um, and you know, just basic good food ingredients as they come together. And you know, cooking's always been in my, you know, in my DNA. So it's just you know, joining all these wonderful, uh, um, you know, ingredients together is just you know, yeah, what it's all about. And yeah. we have all this fresh aquaculture in our backyard, and it's um. We're quite fortunate. Yeah. Thanks so much for that uh, story, Chris. Uh, I want to bring in Bianca from Santa Rosa. Hi, Alexis. Thanks for taking my call. Um, a huge thanks to Catalina as well. I'm driving, and I would have written down her recipe, but the sesame oil, I think that that is super awesome. So thank her for sharing her family recipe. Um, I wanted to share that when I moved to the Bay Area from the East Coast, I had never had this dish before. Um, elotes for me oh, has yeah. been so amazing and i mean on the east coast for 10 years i'd never heard of it and i lived in the midwest for a few years so it's not surprising to have it there but elotes for me has definitely been a bay area food that has just been eye-opening and do you have a favorite one or could you describe what you like about it (laughs) um well i've tried to make it at home and it was not as good so i don't know what i was doing wrong but i had it at a fair at the Santa Rosa Fair a couple years ago, and I don't know how they did it, but it was amazing. <laughs> um, Luke, Sai, you want to talk a, a little about Elote as a possible candidate for Bay Area canon inclusion? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a great candidate. I mean, of course, um, our Mexican uh, food scene here in the Bay Area is so amazing, and so there are you know. So many items um, from that that are, you know, worthy contenders, you know, whether you're talking elote. Can you describe elote, though, just for people who maybe haven't had it and should? <laughs> oh, sure, sure. It's it's just like um, co- uh, corn, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that that gets um, tossed. Uh, it, you know, it's it's um, it uh, often gets tossed with um, Parmesan cheese, um, you know, uh, I've had versions that have, um, you know, uh, chili pepper or jalapenos um and it's um you know it's just coated um and so you you um uh, you know um whether it's parmesan cheese or cotija cheese um and it's just this uh delicious you know you get that savory umami quality along with like the sweetness and the sort of caramelized quality of the corn And there's also this, uh, you know, at least the versions we make, you know, like uh, mayonnaise and you've got some, yeah, 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 yeah. you've got salt, you've got chili powder, and it is one of those foods that feels like it was kind of, you know, it obviously has a deep history, but it's sort of been perfected, I think, here in in California. Um, Luke Sai, thank you so much for talking with us. His new story is how garlic noodles became one of the Bay Area's most iconic foods, as well as thanks to Tiffany Carter, founder and chef of Bouge Cali, a West 
uh, Coast Creole Shack in San Francisco. We've been talking about garlic noodles. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum after this break. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.